This podcast contains audio extracted from the Harry Potter Theory Extra YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today we'll be discussing the history of Maledictuses. As we've delved deeper and deeper into the wizarding world of Harry Potter, we've been introduced to a many number of creatures and curses. But one of the most fascinating to have been revealed to us muggles in recent years is that of the Maledictus, which is a combination of both creatures and curses. Always female, a Maledictus is a human who suffers a type of blood curse. This affliction is present from the time the girl is born and enables her to transform into a creature, the species of which depends on the specifics of each individual curse. For a time, these transformations can be controlled and instigated by the Maledictus, with her changing from human to beast and back again at will. However, eventually, the curse forces the woman into the permanent form of a beast. From what we know of blood curses in magical society as a whole, these curses are often afflictions that are passed down from generation to generation. And so, it stands to reason that those who are maledictus are no different, especially since this particular blood curse is present right at birth. Those afflicted with the Maledictus curse are therefore presumed to acquire it from the female lineage of their ancestors, since all Maledictus are women, or even directly from mother to daughter in perpetuity. Of course, as with all magic, it's impossible to say exactly when a spell or curse came into the world, whether due to discovery or creation by that of a witch or wizard. And yet, it's entirely likely that a blood curse such as this has been around for centuries, plaguing women around the world. Whether these women are of magical or muggle descent has never been explicitly defined. However, from what we know, it seems as though this particular blood curse may affect any woman, regardless of her inherent magical abilities. With this in mind, it seems likely that a female muggle, squib or witch could all be born a maledictus if the blood curse were to run in her family. It's important to note that maledictuses are entirely different from other humans who also have the ability to transform into animals. For example, werewolves are extremely different from maledictuses for a number of reasons. For starters, a werewolf can be either male or female, whereas maledictuses are always female. Werewolves also cannot control their transformations, which occur every full moon. These transformations occur monthly and are never permanent, and while both maledictuses and werewolves suffer from curses, a maledictus is born with their blood curse, whereas a werewolf contracts their curse through the bite of another werewolf. And while it is possible for a maledictus to take on the form of a wolf, it's important to note that this is not the same thing as being a werewolf. Maledictuses are also incredibly different from animagi, which are always witches or wizards who have learned the ability to transform into an animal at will. The most noteworthy difference between the two is that being an animagi is a highly advanced magical skill, not a curse. Transformation into an Animagus's form is done so with intent, and the witch or wizard can return to their human form whenever they'd like. Although there isn't much history or documentation mentioning maledictuses throughout the ages, it's quite possible that the majority of cases over the centuries have gone unnoticed, as they're likely quite difficult to track. This would presumably be due to the fact that the curse of the maledictus inevitably turns the afflicted woman into a creature or beast for the remainder of her life, and prior to permanently becoming an animal, 
Maledictuses could easily be incorrectly identified as Enomagi. Being that it is a blood curse, it's also possible that the affliction is quite taboo, misunderstood and feared by muggles, and seen as shameful within the wizarding community. And so, with the exception of Maledictuses who turn into snakes and are lucky enough to find a parcel tongue to speak to, a Maledictus would be unable to communicate with humans of any kind after they have permanently become a beast, even if they decided that they wanted to. Which brings us to the only Maledictus that we muggles know of, who happens to have had the form of a snake, Nagini. For years, Nagini was believed to be simply the rather large pet serpent of Lord Voldemort, kept by his side for a number of reasons, the most important of which being that he had made her into a horcrux later in his life. However, with the second installment of the Fantastic Beasts movie franchise, we have come to learn that Nagini was once a human woman and that her snake form was the result of her maledictus blood curse. We first met Nagini in the late 1920s, while she was performing in a traveling magical circus called the Circus Arcanus, alongside the obscurial wizard Credence Barebone. Owned by the ringmaster, a European wizard named Skender, Nagini was kept caged and forced to transform into her cursed form of a snake for audience members who attended Arcanus. Based on her imprisonment between shows, Nagini clearly did not willingly volunteer to turn her cursed ability into a performance. However, what her ability to transform into a serpent at will tells us is that she once had control over her transformations, and was able to turn into a snake and then back into a woman whenever she chose to. Another hint regarding the history of Maledictuses can be found in Nagini's appearance. The woman who played Nagini in Fantastic Beasts The Crimes of Grindelwald is Claudia Kim, a South Korean actress. It, therefore, seems safe to assume that Nagini was also meant to be South Korean, or at the very least from a region in Asia. Despite being from the other side of the world, the characters whom Nagini met from America and Europe seem to know about Maledictuses, which supports the idea that it is likely a rather widespread curse that has affected various cultures across the world for a long time. Another important takeaway from Nagini's life before she permanently became a snake is that she was not inherently evil. While the Nagini that became one of Voldemort's most faithful servants was a brutal beast that followed the every command of a sociopathic dark wizard and murdered others in cold blood, the woman imprisoned within the wizarding circus Arcanus appeared to be kind, gentle, and empathetic. This was particularly evident in the friendship she formed with Credence, and her support in helping him find the truth about who he was. Not once did we see her be unreasonably aggressive or violent. Her only wish seemed to be to support those she cared about, as well as to gain her freedom from the cage Ringmaster Skender kept her in. Although little is known about what occurred to Nagini in the decades that passed between the 1920s and when she resurfaced in the Wizarding World by Lord Voldemort's side in the 1990s, we do know that sometime over the course of those 70 years, she permanently became a snake. Since she was likely in her 20s or 30s when she performed in the Circus Arcanus, that suggests that Maledictuses can remain in control of their transformations until at least that relatively young age. However, by the time Voldemort found Nagini in the forests of Albania during the 1980s, she was a snake that could no longer transform into a woman, so it seems safe to assume that a Maledictus's permanent transition to their beast form occurs sometime during middle age. Another thing that we can assume, based on Nagini's initial 1980s encounter with Voldemort in Albania, is that she must have been able to communicate her condition to the Dark Lord, albeit through Parseltongue. 
but by being able to explain what had happened to her, after living for decades as a snake, suggests that Maledictuses can retain some of their ability to think like a human, even after living as a beast for years. My final note on today's topic is that since Nagini would have been around 90 or 100 in the 1990s, we can also assume that Maledictuses live out their lives according to their original human form. This is supported by the fact that most snakes only live to about 15 years old, with some larger breeds living to about 30. And with that, we've come to the end of today's video. What did you think? Did I miss anything? Please share your thoughts in the comments below, and as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.